What's up, Overcomers? Welcome to another episode of the Overcoming You podcast. I'm your host, Josh Knudy. If you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, write us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback on the podcast. My guest today is Tony Everett, founder of a nonprofit organization titled Peer Game, where they deal with and work with at-risk and troubled youth, and they get them to believe in themselves. They get them to look at life a little bit different, and they do this through deep connection and through sport. Tony and his team are also teaching something that has been adopted through multiple schools across the nation, which is called SEL, Social Emotional Learning, where they get these kids to understand self-awareness, social awareness, self-management, responsible decision-making, relationship skills, basically everything that you need to know as an adult, he's teaching them through that. So if you have kids, listen up because he gives some great tips on how to deal with and work with your children. If you don't have kids, listen up because he gives some great tips on how to work through that as an adult as well. So please welcome Tony Everett. Tony, thank you so much for coming on the Overcoming You podcast. It's been a long time since we've seen each other, but I'm super stoked to uh, to see your awesome face again and, and connect with you. So thank you for doing this. I know you're busy. Yes, thank you. It's great to be here. Uh, wonderful to join you. I'm actually here at a coffee shop enjoying the great outdoors today. Uh-oh, outdoors, getting crazy. That's funny. So for the people that don't know you, we've connected a while ago. We've kind of worked together but you are you have an amazing organization or part of an amazing organization titled Peer Game. Can you let everybody know just kind of what is that? What do you what do you guys do and what's your whole whole thing? Yeah, so um, one of the things that we know is um, that kids today are confused. Um, they're kind of lost in a world of um, kind of this internet connection type deal. So they're not making really deep connections. So they're struggling um, and with that this they're kind of asking the same question we all did as a kid right have i got what it takes and um and they're looking for answers to that question and when they look in the wrong places they get up to all sorts of craziness so pure game basically is a a program that provides mentors for kids uh to help them answer those questions or that question positively find a right direction and find success in their own description of the word success but find success in the world so I know I don't have the right verbiage, and I understand that this isn't the right vocabulary, but the students that you work with, are they classified quotation marks in that troubled youth or or kind of difficult um, situations? Is that Do I have that understanding correct? Certainly, yes. Yes. So there's much of the youth that we work with um, are what you'd class as, as troubled or at-risk youth. Um, a lot of our programs are inner city based, so uh, it's under resourced um, geographical areas uh, is where we're kind of really targeting um, to help these kids understand. Kids are kids, right? It doesn't matter where yeah. you're from. Um, kids are kids, and we all have abilities and talents. And when kids understand that they have an ability or a talent, then they can work themselves out of any situation. Um, it's a quick story that I've just connected with just this last week, actually. There was a kid in Juvenile Hall. Uh, his name was, uh, his name's Chance Black. He's an awesome, awesome kid. And um, he lost looking for answers in all the wrong places. Um, but I did this exercise of, of getting them to create a business. And he came up with this unbelievable business plan and idea. And I said, you're brilliant and you're going to do something great in this world. But of course, it took him a while. This yeah. was six years ago. 
uh, Chance is now living in San Diego, running his own business. Um, he's created his own line of um, of apparel that he's now selling and working hard to do it. He's a business owner. He's a dad, and he's doing brilliantly. And yeah, it's just because he needed to connect into that somewhere along the line. Yeah, it's interesting. We'll go to get to this in a second, but that's one thing that it's so unfortunate with the kind of school system is that you know not everybody's the same. Everybody learns different. Everybody mm-hmm. is. Some people can sit down in a chair. Some people can't. And unfortunately, if you can't sit sit down in a chair, look front, sit still, listen, do all those things, you're, you're kind of discarded. When in fact, you know, mm-hmm. they could be an actor, they could be a performer, they could be an entrepreneur. You know, it's um, it's just uh, unfortunate. So it's nice to have someone like you that can kind of be like, hey, you're not broken. You know, you're not worthless. Let's just look at this a different way. Now, I know a little bit of a backstory, but why why did you kind of start with peer game you know um did you kind of have some difficulties throughout your life do you kind of connect with them and and if you're willing can you give a little bit of that that story i know we talked about it so whatever you want to divulge let me know yeah yeah um well yes i i do connect with them because i i was one of those kids at school that really didn't connect with the sitting still sitting in a classroom uh paying attention i would learn really quickly but i would also so forget as quickly. It was one of those one of those situations where I just wasn't. I didn't do well at school, so I left school, um, joined the navy, which was great for me because I traveled and I learned some discipline within that. And then I left there and become a salesman. And I've been a salesman, um, you know, before starting Pure Game for the rest of my life. That was kind of where I was at. And um, the troubles of my childhood still haunted me and still followed me. I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't think I was worthy because I didn't do well at school. And so from a young age in those informative years, I just felt really crappy. Um, I lost myself into drugs for about eight years and um, um, thankfully got out of that. And it was on the coming out of that that I really thought that something needed to be done to help kids. I was coaching soccer here in the US at the time. Um, I loved the game. I loved working with kids. Um, I loved coaching. And so I was like, why don't I kind of pair this and marry all of this to try and bring in something that actually teaches kids skills that they really need to um, survive and thrive in life rather than just math. You know, that's something that I think you and I connect on is that I think one of the best things going on right now in society is you have people like you, you have people like me that have been through the muck and the mile have been through the shit. And I think that's why you're able to connect so deeply and instantaneously with the kids, because you're not speaking from, you're not just a teacher that's quote unquote perfect. You know, you've, you've had your battles and you can kind of speak to that. And I think that's just something undervalued right now, but I think it's starting to come to light because one of the things I know it's kind of odd considering my podcast, but you know, with this self-help space, I really, really dislike it. And I dislike it because you have a lot of people talking at you. Hey, you need to do this. You got to rise and grind, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, just, just um, push through, wake up at 4am, do this meditation, do this morning routine and all that stuff is fine. And if you're there to help somebody I'm all for it, but I connect with people that have been through, through some shit and have been through some tough times. And the thing that I think you and I both say is like, Hey, I'm, I'm nothing. I'm, I'm just a nothing and nobody. I'm not perfect. 
I went through this and this is how I came out and this worked for me. Maybe it will work for you. And I think that's just a super, super valuable connection, especially with kids. And I know that when I was there, some of the talks that I got after, you know, talking to the kids, it was, you could see that they were like, oh, you're just like me. And I think that's just so, so valuable. One thing I wanted to ask you, because you and I have a similar, went through a similar battle of, you know, not feeling worthy, you know, um, did some partying in our days. Can you connect the dots going backwards and not to disparage your parents' name or not to disparage my, my parents' name? Because you can only do you can only do your best and you don't know what you don't know. But going back, do you know where that that started in your mind of of not feeling good enough or not feeling worthy? Do you know kind of where that started or can you connect those thoughts going backwards? Yeah. Um, and you're right. It's it, it, it's nothing to do with my parents, they were doing the best they could with what they had. Uh, my dad was a military man. Uh, he was a, a long timer in the army, British army. And so I always knew when I did something wrong and never knew yeah. when I did something right. Um, and so uh, he was a disciplinarian. Um, he, he did teach me some really good values in life. Um, but when it came to my schooling, my life, he was never at a schooling event. He was never at a sporting event. Um, and again, it's nothing bad against him. It was just what he knew yeah. um, because he didn't have that as a kid. And so he was just doing what he thought was was right. And as long as as long as he gave provided mm-hmm. me with the discipline and told me what to do and how to do it, then I'd I'd make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but we know that that's not true, and we know now that there's this whole world of kind of which is what pure game teaches social and emotional learning. There's a whole different level of um, learning and teaching that happen that needs to happen now that we need to connect with kids in a, in a different way than what we thought in the past. Yeah. Yeah. And that brings us to kind of the thing that I, that I really wanted to talk to you about is because I know we talked to just a little bit before we jumped on here, but I'll, I'll go out on the record and say that I think the schooling and education system is inherently broken. This is just me. I'm not speaking for you. So nobody, nobody come at Tony. I think it is fucking broken and the proof is in the pudding. You know, if you look at this, this cell phone, the cell phone is absolutely amazing. A hundred years ago, it looked completely different. It was not functional. There's no internet or anything like that. But if you look at schools, they look exactly the same as a hundred years ago, there's no involvement. And especially with nowadays, I talk with all my buddies that have kids is that you don't need to know the capital of, of Brazil or anything. Every single thing that you can get, you can get in six seconds. You don't need to know that you got to figure out how to work through life and have this emotional intelligence and, and go, Hey, I'm going through something and have someone like yourself or a teacher go, okay, what are you going through? And okay, how can you get through it? Or what's going right? What's going wrong? And kind of steer that with that because that's real life. Because once you get to outside of college, you have to deal with that, you know? And so what are, I know you're kind of dealing with SEL. So can you kind of tell a little bit about what is SEL and kind of what you're, what you're doing and kind of what you're teaching? Sure. Yeah. Um, So there's a couple of things there. Um, I agree with you. Uh, Schooling, has been broken. I think the pandemic is actually helping fix it um, mm. because suddenly teachers are having to deal with social and emotional issues and they're having to talk about it and they're having to teach kids um, rather than the two times two equals four. They're having to say the answer is four. How do you get there? 
Um, and so I think it's, I think it's so much, I, I think there's a lot of good stuff starting to happen with, within that. Um, the social emotional aspect, um, there's some pillars that we teach, um, self-awareness, which is, which is critical, right? We've got to know who we are in order to engage in the world. Um, there's the self-management piece, which is now knowing, well, this is who I am. So how do I now manage myself when I'm in an interaction with someone? Um, there's the social awareness piece, which is now, okay, I know who I am. I can manage myself in this situation, but how are everyone, how's everyone else turning up in that situation? Right. Yes. So now there's that crossover into other people as well. And then that leads into the relationship skills. Um, and how am I going to manage the different people? Um, I talk to my daughter about this all the time. Learn how to manage other people. If you learn how to manage other people, then you turn up uh, in a very different way. And then there's obviously the decision-making skills and how we make our decisions. Something we talk about all of the time uh, at Pure Game is don't just make a decision because it, it's that's the only one in front of you. Stop, look around. Uh, we've actually got an acronym which is called STAR, Stop, Think, Act and Reflect. So you stop right? You think about the outcome of that decision. Um, and then if it's something that you like, you act upon it. If it's not, then you change it. And then the art of reflection is working on that self-awareness piece and self-management. That, that self-awareness part, I want to go a little bit into that. So you have a um, quote unquote troubled youth that comes in. How do you get them? How do you start that self-awareness piece? Because I think that's the first part of anybody, including adults, you know, you have to be, you have to know who you are before you can go mm -hmm. to where, where you want. The analogy that I always use is that you're at a coffee shop somewhere in your area, there is a high school and you know how to get there every single time from right where you're at, from right where I'm at, the people listening, you have a high school that you know, somewhere in your area, and you know exactly how to get there. But if I were to come blindfold you, drop you six states away and not give you a GPS and you don't know where you're at, you're never going to be able to get there. So you have to know where you're at, who you are first before you can continue forward. And it's unfortunate because a lot of us don't do don't do that until we have our battle with drugs or we have our battle with depression and we have to overcome. And then you have to look that person in the mirror for first time probably ever and really see who you are. So how do you have some like practical things or kind of not an outline, but like, what, what do you do? How do you get them to be kind of self-aware? Yeah. Well, you just nailed it. Actually. That's one of the, one of the exercises we, we do is we ask people if they want to go on a vacation, right? Where do they want to go? And they'll say somewhere, I don't know, say somewhere like England. Right. Yeah. So what's the first thing you need to know if you want to go to England and they all think, you know, um, where is it? How do I get there? What do I need to pack? How much money is it going to cost? Well, the first thing you need to know is where are you? Because if you don't know where you are, then there's no way you can get it by go buy the right tickets for England. You can't do anything yeah. like that. So finding out where you are is the key starting point. And I think uh, it's, it's simpler than what people think. Um, it's simply asking a question and then listening. So how are you doing today, right, is, is a question that we always ask. And the answer is always, hey, I'm fine. Yes. Um, whereas really, if you were going to be honest, well, actually, today I suck. I got yes. up early, my ear hurts, I fell over, I stubbed my toe. But no one wants to hear that stuff. Um, yeah. So I think that one of the things that we do with our youth is when we ask that question, we actually stop and listen. And that's the key behind it. We ask the question and then we listen and we let the kids then explore that thing about, well, 
yeah. really, who am I and what am I doing? And and many there are many questions that get you there, right? And you can ask the questions of um, if you could do anything in the world, uh, what would it be? If you knew you couldn't fail, if you had all of the money and the resources, what would you do? Yeah. Yeah. And what that does is it gets people thinking of the big picture about who they want to become, but then to get there you can sit there and say right if that's where you want to go now where's our starting point where are we because that's an it's a noble cause mm-hmm. let's figure out the, the starting point so it's just it's just digging in a little bit deep sometimes but the key is listening just listening. yeah i think you hit something perfect on the head and all the parents are going to come after me but i think they're this is just from a mental health standpoint and i keep because i don't have kids yet so i don't want to overstep my bounds and give parenting advice and i'm not giving parenting advice but i'm giving mental health advice. And that is something that I do starting to become an expert in talking to you, having these MIT professors, psychologists on is that too often, especially nowadays, when people are feeling bad, sad, upset, angry, frustrated, as a society, we we are so quick to give them a hug, hold them, pick them up, um, uh, stop that from happening. But that just isn't real fucking life. You have to sit there and allow them go, Tony, you know what? I feel really bad about myself and I, and I just need a hug. Okay. Stop. What, what are you feeling bad about? And have them sit in that, not from a a negative standpoint or anything like that, but you got to work through that because if you get into this habit of somebody always um, cuddling you or picking you up or not allowing you to do that, what happens is it, it, flows over into an adult life, which you and I went through, which is let's grab a drink. Let's, oh, it's party time. Hey, anybody have have a little something? Okay, let's go to the bathroom. Okay, I feel better. And you start to do these coping mechanisms because you haven't learned to sit in that emotion and figure out and work through that. And it's such a detriment to our society and the proof is in the pudding. And I don't need to um, spout statistics to you, but for the listeners, one of the statistics that hurts my heart so freaking bad is that the fastest growing group that has increased threefold in the last five years in depression, anxiety, suicide rates, and self-harm and been hop- hospitalized for self-harm are little girls ages 11 to 16. And the depression for little boys, you know, has always been on the rise. And it's, it's, we're not allowing this, these emotions to be felt. And so I think it's just such a, a detriment to our, to our youth. And I'm so excited. I'm so so thrilled that you are out there and Pure Games is out there and this is starting to happen because not to be like I told you so to the to the um to the country or to the world, you know, but I told you so. Like we need to deal with this, deal with this now. And well in, in, in you just put something on there. I've got a 12-year-old daughter. Um and I I live in this world, right, of 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 growth and development and social emotional learning. And I got to tell you, this is one of the hardest challenges I think I've faced um, is working through this because I'm suddenly realizing that as a 12 year old, she's suddenly looking for herself. She's trying to find who she is. um, And so in doing that, she's trying on personalities faster than you change shirts. Right. She's just like, let's try this one on. Let's try this one on. And and if I try and control that. Um, then it's going to stifle it and she's not going to be able to kind of experience what life could look like for her. Um, Because the one thing that I've got to remember is I can't control anyone. Can't control anyone. 
I can be there and listen to them and I can give them my input and my advice. She's my daughter. I still can't control her, but I can help her. Um, and I think going into it with that mindset and saying, yeah, this is going to hurt. You made that choice. Here's the consequence. So you're going to have to struggle through it. Yeah. That's good enough. That's good enough. Yeah. How do you, if you're going to give some like advice to some parents out there, how do you do that? Because I, I fully understand it is way easier to, to help them, you know, cuddle them, you know, not let them fall, not have them, not have them be hurt. Because like I said, I don't have any kids, but I have a lot of Godchildren and my, my best friends and their kids. I would, if I love those kids that much, I can only imagine what an actual, you know, piece of your flesh and blood feels like. I can only imagine the the difference of the level. So I understand that's difficult, but how do you, how do you give her that space, even though it's hard for you? How do you allow them to explore that? Even though, even though you may know, hey, if you do that, you are going to <laughs> fail. I know that. I can yeah. see the clip. Yeah. I know you're going to go off, but you yeah. got to let them go. Yeah. How do you do that? It's got to be tough. Oh, it is so tough. It is so very challenging. I think remembering that we were all kids once. Like I said at the start, we, we were all asking the questions, have I got what it takes? Am I worthy? Um, so being there and loving her through it all, um, I heard on a podcast a while ago, uh, someone say that um, if I'm going into a room to talk to my child, I've got to be the one with the lowest heart rate. Mm. Um, and that stuck with me. I love that because she drives me insane um, with the decisions that she makes. But if I'm going into that room with the lowest heart rate, at least that gives me the ability to listen, which then gives her the room to talk, which then gives that, that room for expansion and, and understanding. Um, so what advice would I, would, uh, would I give, would I give parents? Um, I spoke to someone just yesterday about this as like, just remember that if you tell them to do something, they're probably going to want to do the complete opposite. Yeah. It's a natural, it's a natural childhood thing, right? I'm trying to explore life. I'm trying to find out who yeah. I am. And the two people I know that I don't necessarily want to be like right now is my mom and my dad. So, so know that, that they're trying to do something that you're not. Um, and so if you're trying to control them, then they're going to push back against that even more so just listen to them um and try and find it in your uh, ability to allow them to fail because i interview people on 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 my uh, on my show and i think the one thing that leads to more success than anything is failure everyone yes. has said this i've failed more times than i've succeeded but we don't want children to fail which is absolutely killing our kids creativity and growth yes let them fail failure is good because yeah. then when they fail they can learn and when they learn they grow and then that leads to more success. green chef is the first usda certified organic meal kit company enjoy clean ingredients you can trust seasonally source and peak freshness this company i'm not kidding you is probably one of the best tasting meal kit companies I have ever had in my entire life. It gets delivered directly to your door. Everything's pre-measured and weighed out, put it together, super simple, 20 to 30 minutes, but I'm not kidding. It is one of the best tasting meal kit companies I have ever had in my entire life. They got 
you know, dietary plans for everything, keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, and the list goes on and on and on. So go to greenchef.com slash 90 overcoming and use code 90 overcoming and get $90 off and free shipping. The free shipping is worth it alone. That's again, go to greenchef.com slash 90 overcoming and use code 90 overcoming and get $90 off, including free shipping. We are also supported by Pure Spectrum CBD, simply the gold standard by which CBD companies should be measured. This is one of the best companies with some of the best products I have ever experienced in my entire life. I use the Black Label Topical for my joints after working out. It helps immensely with inflammation. I take the 2,500 milligram Black Label drops every single night before bed. I notice a massive reduction in anxiety. It helps immensely with sleep. Pure Spectrum is one of the best CBD companies out there. So visit PureSpectrumCBD.com and use promo code OCY at checkout. You're going to save 10% on your entire order. That's PureSpectrumCBD.com. Yeah, and I think that's what schools and parents need to do now and start it as early as possible. So, you know, they go out and they play the soccer game and they quote unquote fail. That's where you as a parent or you as a coach or you as a teacher sit there and go, okay, what did you do right? Give me three things that you did right. Cause you always did something right. Okay. What are two things where you, you messed up? Okay. What are those two things? Okay. How could you get better? How could you make sure that that doesn't happen next time? And that process alone is going to increase your self-love and self-worth and self-image because you're focusing on the positive, but you're being calmly objective about where you fail. Because like you said, you are going to fail way more times than you succeed. You are going to fail way, way more times. But over time, if you can look at that where you where you are just a little bit off and then readjust, but not be so self-critical and self-judgmental. And then that starts to increase the self-hate and then your self-belief goes down, then your self-love goes down and then you try coping mechanisms. And then next thing you know, you know, you're on a super uh, negative path there that it's so interesting how the universe or God, God works. So I'm happy I get to talk to you because I just had a friend of mine reach out and their, um, their child is having some, when he gets angry or when he gets upset, starts to be self-harmful. And like I said, that statistic is going up, up and up. Now, I know that you're not a doctor or anything, but you have dealt with this before. What would you say or how could you, if someone's coming through or when you have a kid that's just so down on themselves or maybe hurting themselves, can you can you even do anything? Like, what do you do? Just, I mean, I don't even know how to how or where to start. It's a, it's a really good question. And yeah, I'm not, you're right. I'm not qualified in 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 that terms to deal with it in the depth um, that these people need help with. But one of the things that um, one of the tools that we use is uh, it's like a cognitive restructuring tool. And it's quite simply um, a system where we get them to put down first off uh, what the event is that's going on. I lost a soccer game, right? So that's the event. Can't do anything about the event, but we can put down there a thought about that event so what's if that's the event what's the thought and typically it's a negative thought i sucked yeah. okay so if if that's the thought i suck then what's the emotion that you feel uh the emotion is negative whatever you know frustrated and then what's the action that that emotion leads to and what's the outcome when you've got them writing that down and it's on paper then you can look at it and say you're happy with that 
and and you can actually visually see what's going on there and um you can you know you can think it through then the next process of that is you you put the same title down i lost a soccer game but then you skip down to what's the outcome and the action that you want and work backwards right and so then you can come back with a different emotion and a different thought and if you can start thinking a different thought then you can start creating the outcomes that you want a lot of it, a lot of us don't um we don't put as much uh, importance on our thinking as we should mm-hmm. our brain is constantly talking uh, again i heard something that we spend yes. about 90 95 percent of our time in our subconscious brain and our subconscious brain just does the thinking for us it needs that because our cognitive part of the brain takes so much energy right so if we can address the the that that part of our brain that just does things for us by actually stopping and thinking and saying okay do I want to create a different thought? And if I want to create a different thought, does it create a different emotion? Mm-hmm. And is that an emotion I want to feel? And I think that's that's how I would that's how I've worked through with kids that I've worked with that are struggling. Um, but when they get into that self harm, that's professional help type stuff. There, that's a situation that that you yeah. need to put them in front of a professional to help them through that. What's a what scares you about the the youth that you kind of work with and then do you have like some glimmer glimmer of hope but what what scares you what are you seeing a lot that kind of like oh gosh this this scares me so i think it's the disconnection right this you pulled it up this i and and what we're talking on now the electronics is creating such a disconnection um and this disconnection I mean, we're on a computer, we're talking and we're talking heads, basically, which means my brain is working overtime to try and read your body language. Um, And it doesn't do that well. So it just typically does says this is too much energy. So I'm just not going to read your your emotions and your emotional connection. And we can see each other. If you're on a phone or texting, then it's even worse. Right. Um, And so with that. Without the emotional connection, I think we're losing empathy. And when we lose empathy, um, as a as a species, we're going to care less. We're going to help each other less. We're going to step yeah. in less, and we're going to become even more disconnected. So I think that that scares me. Yeah. Um, just a, just a disconnection, and of course with with the with the COVID pandemic and us all being remote, it's even scarier. Yeah, the glimmer of hope. Uh, the glimmer of hope actually does come from the pandemic. Uh, it has bought um attention to the problem more people are talking about social emotional learning more people are talking about mental health more people are talking about a lack of empathy more people are talking about disconnection and i think the more people that are talking about it the more we can do to actually address it um so i think that's a really good thing that it brings a glimmer of hope that this next generation is more aware of these problems and and just like generational stuff right they fix things they naturally adjust and change yeah. and i think coming from this we'll see we'll see a stream of just in-person connections and we'll see um our empathy and emotions start to to increase yeah that's one thing that you know social media gets a bad rap but i actually love the fact that it exists i'm excited for whatever comes next. I want the next thing because social media is just a tool. 
And, you know, it's just like a hammer. You can build a house or you can hit yourself in the eye, however, however you use it. And so since we know that that is not going away, in fact, it's going to get more invasive and the privacy is going to get less and we may be disconnected. That's why it's so crucial to deal in deal with the person and the individual first with the self-awareness and social awareness and self-management. Because if you and I were to, for five years straight, wake up, meditate, drink water, um, go to the gym, eat relatively healthy, and then pursue whatever progress or, or, um, vocation that we have, if we would do that consistently, we would have a better self-worth. We would have a better self-image. And so when things happen online, it would not affect us as quickly. And so when a 12 year old daughter sees, you know, the popular kid at school or something, or she is the popular kid at school, you know, you, you don't have to worry about so much because you're self-aware of where you're at because social media is not going away and it's only going to get more intrusive and bigger. And there's going to be more of them and you're going to be online more. So that's not going to go away. So we can't, we can't demonize that, but we can fix the root cause, which is ourselves. And the sooner we do that through the things kind of, we just discussed the better that next generation will come and can kind of build on that through and through. So I just think it's yeah. crucial. I, and, and I agree with that. The self-awareness piece is, is massive for, um, for kids to hear. Um, I've got a, a, a show that um, I'll have to get you on, actually. It's called the Tiff and Tony Success Show. Um, and we talk about it a lot for kids to hear that um, doing whatever you can to become self-aware is, is a, a, a critical part of your success moving forward. Um, and you can do it through journaling, meditation. Um, there's lots of ways that you can do this. Uh, but, yeah. but self-awareness as, um, as a social and emotional skill set is, is vital. Yeah, 100%. For sure. For sure. Well, brother, I know we only have a few more minutes, but, and I have a couple more questions. But before I get to those questions, where can everybody find you? And how can they help? Can we donate? Um, where, where are you at? Where can we find you? Yeah, so... Um, www.thepuregame.org uh, is our website. Um, you can donate there. Um, you can find me at Tony at thepuregame.org. Uh, if you want information about how you can volunteer, I know, uh, Josh, you came out to a field and kind of helped out once and, yep. um, and it's brilliant. Our teens need that. Our teens need, um, people to engage with them. Um, and so they can see them. So there's volunteer donate, uh, check us out at thepuregame.org. And if I'm a parent and I, I'm having trouble with my kid, how, how do I get them in there or how does that work? Or So, so great question. Um, most of our programs have been school-based in the past. Okay. We're actually now starting our own Star Camps program. So um, hold tight. We'll be a city near you soon enough. We're going to be running our own programs that people can sign up for. Um, that will be included on the website somewhere that you'll find um, the ability to sign up. But um, yeah. look out for a Pure Game Star Youth Camps program near you soon. Yeah, one of the things that I think sports doesn't get enough credit for is building self-worth and self-belief. And I know you, you a Pure Game, you deal with a lot of sports and everything. But what you did when I was with, with you, and it's so it seems so small, but that doing that over and over from a coach, from a parent or something. So I clearly remember this, this kid went to go kick a ball. You're doing some drills and didn't do it right. Didn't do it right. Didn't do it right. And then did it right. And then it was like 
that kid won the lottery. And it was so crucial for them to see it's okay to fail, 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 and then get it right. And then this massive explosion of acceptance and pats on the back. And that's just like life. And it's such a small, minute thing, but you doing that over and over and over. The thing is, is sometimes like it or not, we got to kind of trick our kids or trick the youth into, you know, doing the positive thing. And, you know, you do that just perfectly. You and your team do it just perfectly. And I think it's such a underutilized or, or underthought about thing about, um, about sports that I just love that you guys do. You, yes. And again, you've, you've just highlighted a soapbox that I like to stand on. Um, youth sports is critical for kids as they, as they, um, as they grow, but it's got to be youth sports done right. And I think we focus too much again on what kids are doing wrong. I mean, go, go watch a youth soccer game and stand on the sideline and watch everyone shout at kids when they've done something wrong. Yes. Um, forget what they've done wrong. They're kids. They're learning. Ignore what they're doing wrong. Focus on what they're doing right and they'll do more of it. Someone yes. gave me some advice once. If you want your kids to clean up after them, then recognize them when they do clean up after them. Recognize what they do well and yes. they'll do more of it. If you constantly recognize a kid for doing something bad, he's going to keep doing it because you're recognizing him for it. And all he wants is recognition. Yes. So, right. So find the good things they're doing, recognize them for doing the good things they're doing, and then they'll build and do more of that. Um, yeah. It's got to be a positive youth development sports program rather than just critically right. uh, shouting at them all the time. Yeah. I think, I think kids in, men are very similar. I tell, um, obviously, you know, Jeanette, my wife, I tell Jeanette all the time, um, you know, every time she gives me a pat on the back and then maybe I get something that I want, maybe in a different room of the house, I just want to keep doing that over and over and over. So I bought hundreds of thousands of, of roses in my life because the first time I got it, the pat on the back and I got what I want. So I just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. You know, whereas when she yells or nags at me for picking up my socks or something, I just never do it. You know, yeah. so it's, it's that positive reinforcement. It sounds so simplistic, but it's so crucial. So and uh, men us, are like puppies, you know, <laughs> for sure, <laughs> for sure. We need the pat on the head and the, and the rub on the back and, uh, and then we'll do whatever you want. We're, right. we're so, we're so simple. Yeah. We are. Um, well, just last two questions for you. If you have a earpiece in all the parents in the entire world, all 7 billion of them, however many parents, what would you tell them? Um, I think I'd just tell them what I just said to you. Focus on the positive. Yes. Focus on, on the behavior that you want to see. I tell, I, I coach my kids soccer game as well. Um, and I tell all my parents, uh, the best thing they can say when they leave that field is, I love watching you play. Don't pull their game apart. Don't ask them why they missed that shot. Just say, I love watching you play and, and keep it positive, keep it uplifting. Um, and, and, and people will hear that and go, well, we don't live in a positive world. I get it. And there are times when you need to correct the chart. Totally understand that. There's a time when you need to sit down and have that heart to heart conversation. But when my, when my kids pick up their plate and put it in the sink, I'm the first to say, thank you for putting that in the sink. Well done. That's it. Just, just keep it positive and yeah. they'll keep doing more of that. Yeah, I can't, can't agree, agree with you more. And then just last question, how do you personally build your self-worth? You know, the funny thing is here I am teaching all of this and you know this. 
I have the hardest time with my self-worth. I constantly beat myself up um, to still to this day. I know. Um, and I'm in this world. Um, so a lot of what I do is right here. I've got a journal. I keep a journal. I write stuff. Um, I've got uh, a couple of uh, affirmations that I say to myself all day, every day. I've got into a little tiny habit that when I pulled up at a red light, um, I'll just say one of my affirmations. I am bold. I am brilliant. I'm a change maker. could be something as simple as that. Um, and then when I do get into that moment of God, I suck. Uh, I've got a couple of people that I know that I call and I say, Hey, I'm struggling. Um, and, and as soon as I say it out loud, I realize just how stupid that sounds. And yeah. so I can change it. Um, and like I said, I do, I do that cognitive writing. Here's a thought, here's, here's a situation, here's a thought, here's a, an emotion. And I'll write that down. So a couple of things, but they're, they're the, they're the tough parts, but I, yeah. yeah, I do. I've, been, I've got that voice inside my head. I've named him, by the way. His name's Ivan. When Ivan turns up, I listen to him. And I'm like, okay, Ivan, I don't need to hear you today. Go away. Yeah. You know, that's something actually really valuable. Do you know who um, the author Mike Bear is? He wrote um, My Best Self or Be My Best Self, something hmm. along those lines. Have you heard? No, I don't. I'll have to have a look at that. It's the first time I ever heard about that. This is the thing, Tony. I, I wish that I had some like – Nostradamus or some like magnificent thing to kind of come up, but it all comes back to these simple things. And the reason why I bring up Mike Bear is he said something with um, that you just talked about with Ivan is that if you name that person, it, you disassociate literally in your brain. So it's almost like a different person. So it doesn't become you. And it sounds so stupid. It sounds so dumb. And even in the book, he has you draw it out and I can barely draw a stick figure, let alone a straight line. And it sounds so dumb, but it freaking works. And then the other two things that you said, it's so interesting because it, it's a, this thing that's been the last few podcasts that I had, I had a three-time world champion, MMA fighter, Michael Chandler. And then I had the exact opposite, this individual like life coach, Marjan, they said the exact same thing. It sounds so simple, but it's true. The first part when you're going through the, the muck and the mile is being aware that you're going through it. And then the second part, which I'm sure you and I are very similar and a lot of the listeners are similar is asking for help And it, the very first moment, second nanosecond that that stuff comes out of your mouth to a therapist, to a friend, to a loved one, it immediately releases that power. And when you say it to somebody in that, in your spirit of influence or in your circle, they are so willing to help you, but they, here's the thing, Tony, you will never, ever come help me ever, 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 ever. But if I ask you for sure. And it's so interesting that those two things, being aware that you're going through the muck and the mile and then asking for help, they're so simple, but yet so difficult. Difficult. So hard to do. But I think the other part about asking for help is when you voice it and you actually hear what comes out of your mouth, you can almost sit there and say, well, that's a load of baloney. <laughs> Why am I thinking that for? That's not true. Yeah. Um, so it's not just, it, yes, really hard work, but even just saying it out loud is, is therapy in itself. Like yeah. you said, it does release it for sure. Well, brother, I appreciate you coming on on, and I know I gotta gotta get you out, but you know, there's my sixth grade teacher, Mrs. O'Neill. I'm 38 years old, so however long that is, my sixth grade teacher was the first teacher ever to pull me aside and tell me I did a good job. First person ever in my entire life 
pull me aside and tell me I did a good job. And she told me, you, you really got this. If you just do this, this, and this, you can really, really do it. And I ended up getting an A. It's my first A I ever got in my entire life. Mrs. O'Neill, I have no clue where she's at, but still, I remember that forever. And mm-hmm. so you have done that countless of times. So I know your your motive and your goal and your mission is to help people, but I just want to let you know or remind you that there's so many times that you were somebody's Mrs. O'Neill to me, and you should feel really, really proud of yourself. And when, like you and I are very similar, when you go through those downtimes, realize that you are somebody's Mrs. O'Neill. And yeah. so I just value that. I value that you're in this world. I value what you're doing. And I think that you are making a massive difference, even though you may not see it personally, I know you're making a massive difference. So I just really appreciate you as a human thank being, you. seriously. Thank you very much. And and thank you to Mrs. O'Neill for, for doing that. And, <laughs> and it's a, it just goes to show how powerful it is because you remember her. Yes, yeah. And I can't remember yeah. what I had for breakfast this morning. So the <laughs> fact that I remember that's pretty good. Pretty good. Right. No, I'm right there with you. Thank you All very right. much. Thank you for, for asking me on the show. All right. All right, everybody. Remember, be kind to yourself.